Well, if you have your Bibles, I've got just a few moments. So if I can get my computer working here. If you have your Bibles, turn to the 25th chapter of Psalm. Let's go to the 25th chapter of Psalm. I want to remind you, I want to tell you that, uh, that uh, Pastor Gary's not here today. His mother-in-law in Missouri has taken a real turn for the worse. So be sure to lift that family up. They've got some serious decisions to make in the next few days. And also, uh, Trish Taglio uh, uh, emailed us, texted us this morning, and her mother is at the point, is in late last stages of Alzheimer's. And uh, they are at the bedside expecting her not to, to make it through the day. So let's pray for that family, Trish and, and that family. Psalm chapter 25. Let's begin reading with verse number 12. It reads like this. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, uh, Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. They will live in prosperity. I don't know about you, that sounds pretty good so far. And their children will inherit the land. Notice it doesn't say they'll inherit your stuff. It says they'll inherit the land. The Lord is a friend to those who fear Him. He teaches them His covenant. Wow, what great promises. Who is those who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. They will live in prosperity. The children will inherit the land. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. I, I'm sure this is true of you, but most of us are creatures of habit. We are creatures of habit. We have a customary routine and we an order that we follow every single day. You might not think about it, but you do. Unless our schedule calls for something different from the routine, we do the same thing every day. We go through the same motions, especially every morning. This is how my morning looks. When I wake up, my routine looks like this. When I wake up, I lay in bed for a few minutes. I just lay there, thanking God that I made it. And then I... Spend a few more minutes negotiating with him. Do I have to get out of this bed today? And then I get out of bed and immediately go to the bathroom and start the process of getting ready for work. I just, when I finally get up, I'll lay in there for a few minutes thinking about it. And then when I finally talk myself into get up, I go straight to the bathroom and I start getting ready and we go into work and here we go. We're off. Amanda, on the other hand, she wakes up and immediately gets out of bed. She just wakes up and gets out of bed. She goes to the kitchen, starts coffee. While the coffee is brewing, she waters her plants, then gets her cup of coffee. She sits down in her rocking chair and leisurely drinks her coffee and plays a game on her iPad, (laughs) checks the weather, and scrolls through Facebook. Then she checks the clock and decides she needs to start the process of getting ready for work. And she comes in and slams the door, telling me if I'm not out of bed, it's you're going to go to work today. Get up. And then she starts. 
This, we're creatures of habit. We do the same thing every day. And this morning, you can mentally rehearse your schedule as well. You, 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 sting it. you know what you do. And here's what I've noticed. If I leave something out, or if I get off schedule, I feel like I'm undone and out of whack all day. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But it doesn't stop there. We normally take the same route to work. We park in the same general location at work. And we have a routine that we follow to begin our work every day. We're creatures of habit. We all are. I was raised in a world champion group of creatures of habit. They're world champions. In fact, they're the best in all the world. They do the same thing every day, every month, every year. Every summer we would go to the same destination for vacation. Same place. Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Every summer that we went to Gatlinburg, we would always stay at the same hotel. The Whaley Motel. Every summer that we went to Gatlinburg and stayed in the Whaley Motel, we also stayed in the same room every summer. From the time I was five to the time I was 22, we went on summer vacation to Gatlinburg and stayed at the Whaley Motel in the same room every single year. I learned to swim in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I was introduced to chocolate pecan logs and caramel corn in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Even today when someone mentions Gatlinburg, Tennessee, I don't think of water parks, I don't think of Dollywood, I don't think of music shows, or even the terrible fires that took place over the last couple years. I immediately flash back to wonderful days of childhood and cherish memories in our old vacation spot in Gatlinburg, Tennessee in the Whaley Motel. Now do you have a favorite vacation place? As you sit here this morning, can you think of one spot that you just love more than any? Every, it was a cherished vacations place. Who, who, who has a, just holler out, you, have a, you, you remember a favorite vacation place. You, <laughs> there's always one in every crowd. Show off New Zealand. New Zealand. Gatlinburg, New Zealand. Who else? Las Vegas. Girlfriend. Was you doubling down out there? You was doubling down. That's your favorite vacation place. Man, you had a wonderful time in Sin City. Glory to God. (laughs) Who else had a favorite vacation place? Where? Tupelo, Mississippi. Did you say Tupelo, Mississippi? (laughs) Who else had a favorite vacation place? Mackinac Island. Oh, I want to go to Mackinac Island. I've never been there. I want to go to Mackinac. Who else? Where? Who else had a favorite? Yes. Where? Myrtle Beach. Anybody been to Myrtle Beach? Oh, man, I've been to Myrtle. I love Myrtle Beach. One more. Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Who else? Where? 
Mexico. Mexico. We all have a... We, we can sit here this morning and every summer, and we'll sometime during this next couple of months, we'll rehearse to somebody some favorite vacation place. Some place that sticks in our memory. That we had such a wonderful, wonderful time. You know, likewise, there's some spiritual vacation places that I'd like to return to. There are some old places that Christians used to frequent continually and found enjoyment there. There were principles that we held to as Christians, and those principles were non-negotiable back years ago. There were some things that Christians just normally did. They prayed daily. They served in their local church. They attended church regularly. They looked out for their brothers and sisters. They took food to the sick and grieving and supported their local church with their prayers and financial resources. These things were just the normal expected behaviors of Christians. Uh, uh, We'd call that stuff old school. That's old school. There were also some things that Christians didn't do. Used to, Christians didn't hang out at bars. They, they, They didn't live together outside of wedlock. They didn't date people of the same sex or date people who were married to someone else. You, you just didn't do those things if you were a Christian. But I know that's old school. That's old school stuff. Our culture today is trying to reinvent what it means to be a Christian. In fact, recently I was talking to some folks about the need for daily prayer, uh, the importance of regularly attending worship services, and the blessings of, of living and pursuing a life of holiness. And quickly I was criticized for being outdated and out of touch. All right? And these were Christian people I were talking to. So this morning, if you don't mind, this outdated and out of touch granddad would like to share an old school principle with you. I want to encourage you to visit an old school spiritual vacation place called the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Last Sunday, we talked about uh, taking a vacation from intimidation or the fear of man. Taking a vacation from intimidation. Taking a vacation from the fear of man. This Sunday, I want to encourage you to take a vacation to the fear of the Lord. It's an old place. It's an old school destination, but it has a lot of blessings still. To fear man is to stand in alarm. To be in anxiety, dread, and suspicion. Cowering before mortal men. And when we're trapped by the fear of man, we live on the run. We're hiding from harm and we're hiding from reproach and are constantly avoiding rejection and confrontation. We become so busy safeguarding ourselves and serving men, we become ineffective in our service for God. Look with me at Isaiah chapter 57. Turn over to Isaiah chapter, or chapter 51, I'm sorry. Isaiah chapter 51, verse 7. Look at Isaiah chapter 51, verse 7. Notice what it says. Hear me, the Lord is speaking through the prophet Isaiah. And he's talking to the nation of Israel. And notice what he says. Hear me, you who know what is right. So he's talking to people that know him. 
Hear me, you who know what is right, you people who have taken my instruction to heart. Do not fear the reproach of mere mortals, or be terrified by their insults. For the moth will eat them up like a garment. The worm will devour them like wool, but my righteousness will last forever. My salvation through all generations. He says, listen, you people who know me, he says, stop fearing man and what their words can do to you. He said, one of these days, they're going to be gone anyway. I'm the one that lasts forever, he says. Now, go on down to verse number 12. Isaiah 51, verse number 12. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you fear mere mortals, human beings who are but grass, that you forget the Lord your Maker, who stretches out the heavens, and who lays the foundations of the earth, that you live in constant terror every day because of the wrath of the oppressor who has been on destruction? For where is the wrath of the oppressor? He says, why are you fearing people? They're nothing but grass. Now, turn over to Proverbs chapter 29. Let me show you why fear of man is so detrimental to us. Look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 25. It says this, Fearing people is a dangerous trap. The New Living Translation, Proverbs 29, 25 says, Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Here's what I've learned over the years of the fear of man. Number one, when we live under the cloud of intimidation, we honor man more than we honor God. Whatever you're fearful of has a greater place of preeminence in your life than God does. What did Isaiah 51, verse 12 and 13 say? I, even I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you fear mere mortals? Human beings who are bark grass. Then look at verse 13. Notice what it says. That you forget, that you forget the Lord your maker. See, when we fear man, we forget God. They take the place of preeminence in our life. The second thing I've learned is this. When we fear man... We lay aside our God-given authority and our talents and our dreams go dormant. When we fear man, we lay aside our God-given authority. And our talents and our dreams go dormant. Let me prove it to you in a practical way. I meet with individuals who have experienced abuse in their life. Maybe emotional abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse. And because of that abuse, now they live in fear of man and they will not allow themselves to get out there again. Their dreams have gone dormant. I meet with individuals who have trusted somebody, and that person whom they trusted betrayed them. And now they live with a fear that it will happen again, so they refuse to use their talents and their gifts to get out there and try it again. We live in a culture in which intimidation is an accepted form of behavior. It is accepted in the courtrooms of America. You have been in court. Who's whoever, whoever comes in there with the greatest uh, uh, big stick is the one who is way ahead of the game. It is accepted in the courtrooms, and it's also accepted on the sports fields of our land. Intimidation. Intimidation is a major weapon in politics and business. 
The side who can wield the sword of intimidation knows they have an advantage. Intimidation has even made its way into social media. Our children are being bullied and intimidated from others on various social media sites to the point of anxiety and literally literally hopelessness. I read just yesterday a 15-year-old girl committed suicide because she was so intimidated on Snapchat by so many of her friends, bullied by so many of our friends. Now listen, number three, the only way to walk free from intimidation and the fear of man is to walk in the fear of the Lord. The only way to walk free of intimidation is to walk in the fear of the Lord. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26. Look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 26. Notice what it says. Whoever fears the Lord. Everybody say, fears the Lord. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress. And for their children, it will be a refuge. What is the fear of the Lord? What does it mean to fear the Lord? Well, Pastor, it's an old school thing. We don't hear it much in church nowadays. That's why I want you to go try that destination this summer. What does it mean to fear the Lord? Well, I'll tell you first what it doesn't mean. Fearing God does not mean living with a continual dread that an angry God is watching your every move to punish you when we sin. I was kind of taught that growing up. You better not go to the movies. He'll get you. You'll die of a heart attack while you're in there and they can't, it's so dark they can't drag you out. Or the rapture will come and you'll miss the rapture. First time Amanda and I went to the movie, she was Church of Christ. You could do anything as long as she was baptized in water. She, 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 she said, let's go see a movie. Man, I was nervous. I was praying the whole time. Oh, Jesus, don't come, don't come, don't come, don't come, don't come, don't come. I didn't want the rapture to take place and he couldn't find me in that dark movie house. And she was wanting to kiss and I knew that was... Got to watch him, Church Christ girl. <laughs> so fearing God does not mean living with a continual dread that an angry God is watching your every move to punish you when you sin. That's not to fear God. The fear of God is to have the ultimate respect for God. It means giving God the place of glory, honor, and reverence, thanksgiving, praise, and preeminence he deserves. To fear God means to hold the master pos- that He holds the master position in our life. And we esteem Him and His desires over and above our own. To fear God means that we hate what He hates and we love what He loves, yielding to His presence and to His Word. The wisest man that ever lived other than Jesus was King Solomon. He pursued wisdom his entire life. He obtained wisdom and it ushered in great success and prosperity for him. Yet during his latter years, the fear of God in his life began to wane. He forgot about fearing God. 
he no longer obeyed the commandments of, the, of God. And at the close of his life, Solomon looks back over what he has learned, learned, and he writes a book, and we have it in the Bible. It's the book of Ecclesiastes. And it's ch- 12 chapters of his wisdom and things that he's learned. And on the next to the last verse in the last chapter, he says this, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse number 13. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 says this, that's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey His commands, for this is everyone's duty. He said, of all my wisdom that I've learned, and all the prosperity that I've had, and all the greatness, the whole world turned to Him for wisdom and understanding. He said, everything that I've learned, and everything that God showed me, He says, when it all comes, all said and done, everything that I've done, both living for God and not living for God, He says, this is the end of all things. He says, if you want one final thing on it, here's what I have to say. Fear God and obey His Word. Let me tell you, I've got five minutes. Let me tell you the the benefits of fearing God. And why we should teach our children to fear the Lord. Having a respect for Him, an ultimate respect. Hating what He hates. Loving what He loves. Giving Him the master position in our life. When we get ready to do something, make sure that God is pleased with what we're getting ready to do. Why? Why should we do that? He's going to get us? If we don't, no, no, he's not that kind of God. Number one, the goodness of God abounds toward those who fear him. Some people say all the time, well, I thought God was a good God. Why did he let this happen to me? I thought God was a good God. Maybe you didn't fear him. Maybe he doesn't have the master position in your life. The goodness of God abounds toward those who fear Him. Let me prove it to you from Scripture. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 31. Psalm chapter 31, verse number 19. Psalm chapter 31, verse number 19. It says this, How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. Psalm 31, 19. The New Living Translation. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on us. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection. Blessing them before the watching world. (laughs) God just has goodness stored up. And when you fear Him, He will just pour it on you. The goodness of God abounds toward those. I I tell Him all the time, I say, Lord, I fear you. I fear you. I have respect for you. I honor you. You're the number one supreme being in my life. And I expect your goodness today. Number two, angels of God protect those that fear Him. I don't know about you, but these days in which we live, I tell you, fear tries to get on me. And I have to remind myself that I fear the Lord. I'm not going to fear man or fear terror or fear anything else. I fear the Lord. And the Bible says angels of God protect those that fear the Lord. Look with me at Psalm 34. Psalm chapter 34, verse number 7. I encourage you to write, to make a note of these scriptures. Mark them in your Bible. For the angel of the Lord is a God, a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. The angel of the Lord is a guard. And he surrounds and defends all who 
fear Him. Number three, why should we teach our children to fear the Lord? God fulfills the desires and delivers from harm those who fear Him. He fulfills our desires and delivers us from harm. Look at Psalm 149, or 145, verse 19. Look at Psalm 145, verse number 19. Psalm 145, verse number 19. Promises of God. Notice what he says. He grants the the desires of those who fear Him. He grants the desires of those who fear Him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. He hears their cries for... He grants the desire. Well, you know, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to, And you try to do it in your own power and you try to do it in your own will and nothing gets done. I tell you what, just rest in the fear of the Lord. I fear the Lord. I surrender my plans to the Lord. I surrender my possibilities and my opportunities to the Lord. I don't want to make a move according to money. I don't want to make a move according to man's pressure. I don't want to make a move according to position and prestige. I want to make a move because God wants me to make a move. And the Bible says then He'll give you the desires of your heart. He grants the desires of those who fear Him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. I tell you, why else should I fear the Lord and teach my children to fear the Lord? The fear of the Lord leads to provision. It leads to provision. Psalm 34, 9. Turn over to Psalm chapter 34, verse 9. Notice what Psalm 34, verse 9 says. Fear the Lord, you His godly people. Oh, I love this. For those who fear Him will have all they need. For those who fear them will have all they need. Boy, have we not found that to be the truth. He didn't say you have all you want. That's another level of faith, I guess. He says you'll have all you need if you fear the Lord. i tell you something else, the fifth thing. The fear of the Lord gives us clarity and direction in our lives. The number one question I hear more than any other in all these years of ministries, Pastor, what do you think God's will is for my life? What do you think God wants me to do? What's my purpose for being here? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do with my life? Well, look what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 25. Psalm chapter 25, verse number 12. Notice what it says. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them, those that fear the Lord, the path they should choose. He should show them the path they shall choose. There's been times in my life, several times in my life, that I didn't know which direction to go. And I would be in a season of unknowing, not knowing. And there would be some pressure. I I need to make a decision here for my family. And there's been a couple of times I just didn't know. I had several options, several directions I could go, and I didn't know. And I remember coming to the Lord in prayer, in a season of prayer, and I'd say to Him, Father, I really don't know which direction to go, and I don't want to miss you. I I, I would stop still and not move at all rather than miss you. I don't want to miss God. And uh, uh, But I've got to make a decision for my family. And I don't have clear direction here. 
So here's what I'm going to do. I know doing nothing is not your ple- is pleasing you. We always have to be people of faith. So I'm going to step out in faith in this direction. If this is not the right direction to go, I want you to stop me and move me. Because it doesn't make any difference. I want to go your direction, but I'm not hearing right now. I don't have clarity. So I'm going to go in this direction, but feel free to, to change my direction anytime you want to. And every time he would come through. Every time he comes through. See, the Bible says he will show you the path to choose when you fear the Lord. And finally, number six. I love this one. This is why, if nothing else, you ought to teach your children the the fear of the Lord. The fear of God will enable us to enjoy our labor and live full and rewarding lives. I tell you, I'm just so blessed. I'm blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm so happy. I'm so fulfilled in life. I just, I just don't live with any regrets. I'm just so blessed, not because I'm, um, I come from a rich family. I come from poor family. Not because I'm educated. I'm just average. Out of 400 in my high school class, I was number 200. That's average as you can get. I'm right in the middle of the pack. It's not because I'm good looking, although I probably lean that way a little bit. Short fat boys have nobody in life. It's just me and God. It's been me and God all along. Couldn't play basketball, couldn't play baseball, couldn't play football. Never was able to touch the net in basketball. Some people want to dunk it. I just want to touch the net. If I can just touch the net, glory to God. I feel like heaven's come down. But I've been blessed. So fulfilled. So fulfilled. If it stopped today, if I went home to be with the Lord today, no regrets. Just so fulfilled. Why? Because the fear of God will enable us to enjoy our labor and live full and rewarding lives. Look at Psalm 128. Psalm 28, verse 1. In the New Living Translation, it says this, How joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow His ways. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine. Glory to God! It's a lot better being married to a fruitful grapevine than a dried up twig. Can I get an amen in the house? Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine, flourishing within your home. Who's this to? Who's these? To those who fear the Lord. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. That is the Lord's blessing for those who fear Him. Man. Stand with me, would you? This this summer, could I encourage you as you take a vacation from the intimidation of man would you 
take a day or two and go back to a favorite old spiritual place called the fear of the Lord. If you're in this room this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord,